Do soulmates exist? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking peoples, thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual and a place where you can have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, complicated romantic, and with me as always is my penetratingly passionate co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and, um, boy, this is, am I romantic? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I am pretty adventurous and fun and romantic. I have to think about this. I really, <laughs> I really should probably go over these before I do. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Hey, it's the title Someone of Someone who doesn't know if he's a romantic or not. <laughs> there you go. He's currently over- romantic. Over, he's, he's currently overthinking it. Yeah, yes, so exactly. I will get back to all of you maybe next episode so if I am a romantic or not. <laughs> all right, stay tuned for next time. All right. Well, um, so if you in, and if you do enjoy our show and want to continue uh, to see if you know we want to continue to engage with us, uh, Nathan, where can people go to uh, support us and engage with more like-minded overthinkers who don't know if they're romantic or not? Well, they can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about us, their hosts, and they can find some uh, posts and uh, thought pieces, and you can find out um, uh, about upcoming events we have. And I will, real quick, I will slide this in here. We do have an amazing upcoming live event right here in New York City on March 27th. 27th, and it is an Oscars party. A red carpet and Oscars party is going to be held at the Hepzibah House on the Upper West Side right here in New York City, and we want to see you there. It's only limited amount of tickets, so please check out um, the Eventbrite. We're going to have that up on the on the overthinkersjournal.com. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to be watching the Oscars. We're going to be talking about the Oscars. We're going to be arguing and debating and eating popcorn and taking pictures on a little red carpet, so dress up and come to New York City to watch the Oscars with us. Yes. So that's going to be so much fun, so check out the website to know more. Also, you can go to our Facebook group, The Overthinkers, where we have almost 4,000 people now who are engaging in conversations and posting fun memes and articles and videos. And we want you there um, just to either sit back and stalk everything that's posted or to have fun and engage with the thoughts and, and laughs that we all are enjoying. So please head over there. And if you like the podcast, please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend. It really does help us so very much. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. You ready to get started? Let's do it. Cool. So today, because it is February, we are asking, do soulmates exist? Mm. So soulmates, the idea you may not realize, is really popular in America. About two thirds of Americans claim that they believe in soulmates. That is as defined as somebody else who exists in the world who is made for you to be together with you in a romantic Mm. relationship. So two thirds of people believe that. Um, about, it's like, what was it? What's the, yeah, uh, 35% who believe it's a great deal, 31% who believe it's somewhat, another 14% say they don't give much credence, and 17% do not believe in the concept at all. This is from a uh, 2017 poll by Monmouth University. The concept of the soulmate has been around for a very long time, regardless. A first recorded instance of it is in Plato's uh, dialogues. Uh, uh, Plato starts everything. He starts, he really does. <laughs> um, this is in his text Symposium, and he was quoting the poet Astrophanes. I can't pronounce that old words. I don't know, it's old Greek to me. Um, good thing he's dead. Exactly, good thing they can't get mad at him. But the idea was that he, the poet, Astophanes said that the um, everyone was originally 
one person and was split in half by Zeus, who was jealous of our, of our, our Zeus potential. is always just doing Zeus things. does never does good things. Um, uh, but the first recorded use of the word was in the poet Samuel Taylor Corlidge in letter in 1822, who believed that in order to be happy, you didn't just need, you know, somebody who was wealthy or attractive, you needed somebody who was your soulmate. Find your soulmate. However, many people uh, think that the concept of soulmates, all prevalent and popular as it may be, may be extremely harmful. Don't soulmate me! Okay. A, a Dr. Gary Lewandowski, a professor and chair of psychology at Monmouth University, says that the idea of soulmates actually may make it more difficult for you to have a healthy, lasting relationship because it is mm. idealizing the potential of your partner. So, Nathan, in our first discussion today, how do you understand the idea of a soulmate? Okay. What does it mean to you? Do you think they exist? And do you think that the idea um, does more harm than good? Ah, this is this can be a fun one. This, yes. I actually have a lot of thoughts on this. First, I want to go through this psychologically. Why sure. people, before I answer what I think, why people at least want to believe and why two thirds of people do well, believe. How, how do you define a soulmate? A soulmate is that there's one person out there for you. Okay. Right? So there's one person out there that if you find you'll be happy with. There can be only one. Okay. Okay. So psychologically, let's talk about this. This is kind of interesting to me. Why, whether it's true or not, why people are so willing to, because two thirds of people. Yeah, it's more people than right now in America who believe in God. Yes, exactly. More <laughs> so people so, believe in soulmates so, than they do. So like God. there are many things that are true that people don't believe. Yes. Why do so many people believe in soulmates? Yes, okay, so to me, the immediate answer would be, this is an obvious evidence. This is obvious evidence of people feeling um, incomplete and lack yeah. in their world. And we talk about this a lot because we, we do come up from a position where we both believe in God and we believe that God is the uh, one who does make us whole and who can make us whole. But I do think that there is this kind of interesting thing here that you see that humans don't feel whole, at least two yes. thirds of us. Um, a, a lot of us, they don't feel whole, but they hold on to this belief because it says, it says that you can be whole. Mm -hmm. It at least gives you the hope to believe that if I found this person, or maybe I have found this person, you're in that honeymoon phase, that I am whole, that I will be whole, or at the very least that I can be whole. Yeah. And so to me, the psychological aspect makes a lot of sense. That people don't people don't feel very whole and they love this idea that they could they could feel this, they could right. be this, um, should they only find um, their soulmate. You know, you have the the quote in Jerry Maguire, um, you're my better half, I think. You complete like, me. You complete me. Yes. yes. You complete me. You complete me. Me, you're garbage. That's um, literally the, you know, the Zeus breaking you apart. Yes. You're a complete person. Well, and I have to remember from like um, high school youth group and, uh, oh, you yeah. know, the youth group leader was like, no, this is bad because <laughs> you shouldn't have two 50% people. You should have two 100% right. people. You are complete without this other thing. So, okay. So, you know, aside from that, uh, the people want to believe this. Do I think it's actually true? Well, before I answer the question, let's <laughs> before we lose about 50% of our yeah. email audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think with that comment we just did. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, let's look at the math, right? Sure. So how many billions of people are in the world? Well, let's assume that you do have a soulmate. Yeah. Um, how many billions of people are in the world, first of all? How much access do you actually have physically to the billions of people in the world? And what, are the, what is the likelihood that you would be able to find this person. Sure. The likelihood is you'd be born in completely different continents, countries, cultures, and that you'll never actually meet, even if there was um, a soulmate, the likelihood is you'd never actually meet them. So I don't, even if there is, I don't think yeah. it's helpful to believe in this because the mm. likelihood is you'll never actually meet them. Well, not with that attitude. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if it exists. Number two is 
if there's a soulmate and people were made for another person, who do you think designed and and orchestrated this other person that you were supposed to meet? Right. I, and so I guess you would have to say, if you believe in soulmates, you would have to believe in a sort of God yes. because you need something that powerful and that logical and intentional and creative to be able to create two people that were specifically made for each other. Yeah. And then if you want to get together, you'd have to have a God so powerful that you'd have to literally put you in the same place, all that. Right. So I think mathematics go against us believing in soulmates unless you believe that God ordained it. And so that I guess that comes to this. Did God make soulmates? I don't see any evidence for that, either in reality or in scripture. Um, what I do see evidence of is God saying, um, finding a spouse is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Loving someone through their faults is a good thing. Um, being committed to someone is a good thing. But nowhere do I say do I see the idea or the concept of soulmates, either in reality or scripture. And I'm interested to talk about and hear your thoughts on this, the destructive aspect of believing this. Because we sure. can say, oh, this is silly. I can sure. give the math. I can give the psychology why people want to believe this. But I think it's interesting to look at, is this idea, whether it's logical or not, harmful? Yes. Is it merely incorrect if it is incorrect or is it actually harmful? Well, and I think, and we'll jump more into this, but I think I'm just going to go ahead and say, I do believe it's harmful, but I want to hear your thoughts before we jump into sure, why sure, it's harmful. Sure. So we'll, we'll start on my kind of thoughts generally on soulmates, then we'll move into the, the potential harms of it. I would say, yeah, I kind of, I have a sort of halfway middle ground depending on how one defines soulmates. Okay, give, me, give me the de definition. So, yes, it's like, so like, there's somebody out there that's, that's, that's specifically meant for you. Somewhere beneath the Okay. I think that if you believe, like I said, you say you believe in God and you believe that, let's say, there's a God that has a strong degree of providence in the world. Okay. And some people, he knows it is best for them to be married to someone. Okay. And he knows, because he's omniscient, he knows what that person, given all the other things he set up, okay. would be. It's sort of like, you know, there's a father who's like, you know, who sees you in high school. And he knows, you know, okay, this person would not be good for you. This person would not be good for you. So it's kind of like finding an apartment. Yes. This apartment is going to best suit your life. Yes. And it's going to, and it's, and, but God has a more holistic idea of what's best for you. Sure. And so to the degree that you believe in God's providence, you believe finding a spouse with, is within that, then there might be someone who is meant for you in that sense. In, in the sense that maybe they have the highest compatibility yes, rate. Exactly. Yes. But it, okay. And so I think that if you're thinking about, I've seen people who use the concept of soulmates in that sort of soft soulmates way. Mm. And I think that that is potentially compatible with a biblical understanding of the world. But in that there sense, are people who are more and less compatible. Precisely. Yes. yes. And, and then God has some, or has some providential orchestration and intention for the people who are more compatible okay. to get together. That said, aside from that, with a stronger idea of soulmates, that is sort of like more like the, the, the Plato version, you know, that, that there's some you struggle, like, no, there's a there's you, you, one, one person that you're intent might even more than the idea of it not existing. My question is, where do you get the idea that this is true? Mm. Because it's like it's sort of what we did with the idea of ghosts, where it's like, okay, you've experienced this thing. Well, what evidence do you have that it's ghosts? It's yeah. like, you know, because like you said, there's no scientific evidence for soulmates. You know, there's no, and I don't know of any religious text that claims that soulmates actually exist as part Aside of Aside from maybe the Greek myths. Yes, yes yeah. but that's, that, was, that was just a poet who was yeah. saying that. It wasn't even like a tenant of the religion. Okay. It's just like Plato referencing a poet who said this. Okay. So it's like, so I don't know of any, so I'm wondering like, so my thing, okay, 
this might feel good to believe it. Why is it, you know, but, but do you have any evidence that it's actually true? Yeah. And so I think that, again, if you are simply subsuming this under God's providence, then as a, a Christian or a Muslim or Jew, you could say, you can say that. Yes. But if you're saying something stronger, but I'll, to, to your point, I'll say that what's interesting is that people who are together mm -hmm. with other people are more likely to believe in soulmates than people uh, who are alone. Interesting. And so I think one of the things I think is that for people believing soulmates is that when you are with someone who is so compatible with you, mm. I do think oftentimes for people, it feels like all your life was leading up to this moment. You do feel- And it is the most important relationship of yes. your lifetime. And so it does feel like working backwards that you were destined to be together. Ah, so I think that that, and I think, I think it does drive comfort to people who don't have it, but I think even more than that, and as a king, you know, I can say like, and I think that to a certain degree that is why people experience God, the same way God's, people experience God's providence. Like mm. I have stories I can tell about like what I was praying for before I met you. Like okay, as yeah. a friend. And so it's like, okay, wow, working backwards, it feels like God was answering this prayer sure, in a particular sure. way. And so I think people experience that in that way. And you're right. I think that, um, and I, th I think that uh, people do long to have these parts of themselves that are incomplete feel completed. Sure. And I think that and that's not wrong no. to find that, uh, some sort of completion in, but I think so moving on wholeness think, or whatever. Right. Exactly. So I think, so I think so there's a soft way that I think that, you know, you can have evidence for soulmates and I do understand why people do it because again, the way we experience reality when we are together feels very much like we were made for each other in this way. Before we jump into yes. the dangers of believing this or not believing this, I do want to, because uh, it's interesting you brought up two different definitions. And I went yes. in my original comments, I'm working off of this definition of, you know, universal uh, yeah. uh, ordination of, or, or whatever the word is, um, uh, planning out that there is one other person right. that's perfect out there for you and that, that's it. Um, so I like the idea of soft soulmates that you described yeah. a little bit, which it really has to do more with practicality yeah. than it does about magic and there you know, being one out there for you. One, I mean, what if the soulmate dies? Right. Two, yes. what, if, what if they go for someone else, you know, if we're including free will into this, what yes. if they go for someone else who decide to be single the rest of their lives or what if you never meet those kind of yes. things? So I think that pretty quickly breaks down the idea of this big under, this magic. A hard soulmate. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I look at soulmates as I would look at Again, like I mentioned, apartments. Like when you're searching for a home or apartment, yeah. there are there's particular criteria that you're looking to fill, yes. right? You know, I need to have this kind of kitchen, this kind of living room. I need this many bedrooms, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, when you go, you look down a list and you go, here's a list of apartments that fit me best. Right. Now, these apartments weren't specifically made. I, I'm in the midst of buying apartments. Right. And we found a great apartment that really does fit a lot of the criteria of things we're looking for. But I do know that this apartment wasn't specifically made for me, I actually had to do a lot of work yes. to find an apartment that fit my price range and that fit in my criteria and was already in my area yeah. that fits my life. This apartment, you know, the, the, the designer, the architect didn't say, I know what Nathan likes and I know what Nathan needs and I'm going to design this apartment if specifically for him. If they do, there's a him. lot of other questions. Yeah, there's a lot of questions that I need to ask. <laughs> but he didn't design it specifically for me, but he did design an apartment um, that eventually I found that was compatible with my life. Sure. Yeah. And so I think it's actually a healthier way to look at, like it's, if you want to, and so I get to get all that, that's my soulmate apartment, but it wasn't made for me. It was something that I searched and looked and found and said, this 
is compatible sure. with me. So if we were to talk about soulmates in that context, then sure. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I would say that dating is the same thing. You look for people and say, oh, we're not compatible in this way. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you find someone who is more compatible right. and you say, you can quote unquote say we were made for each other. But really what happens is just logistic things lined up. You were in the same area. Right. Maybe you're going to college and studying the same thing. It turns out you like the same things. I think that the, the main difference is where you want to place the emphasis. Because a lot mm. of people who do want to believe the soft soulmates prefer, and we're sort of going to get to this, prefer to place the evidence on the God's providence. So to speak. Sure. Yeah. And so I think that that's, uh, that would be the appeal for soft soulmates for people thinking about it that way. But now let's get into sort of some of the potential harms about believing in soulmates in yes. general. Okay. So I have some thoughts on this, but you went out right out of the gate that you thought it was harmful. So why is that? One, this goes back to my thing that people very often prefer abstract fantasy, what they wish life was, rather than reality. And I think it'd be nice to believe, especially if you're feeling lonely, especially if you have been rejected by a few people or experienced, even in heavy ways, it's nice to imagine that there's someone out there for me. There's someone out here just for me. Maybe this person rejected me. Maybe I've experienced loneliness. I'm praying for my future husband to repeat my friend. Yes, yes. And, and I think that's a nice thing, but nice things aren't always true things. And we believe the nice lie very often, it has very harmful ramifications. One being, the first one that I see, I see quite often and is- you see this from people that believe in soulmates. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And both religious and non-religious, but especially religious, because yeah. we can kind of blame God and be like, <laughs> there, you know, he made a person out there for me. I'm praying for my future husband, my future wife. And when you do that, one, the main, I'm going to say the-, the First way I see that it can go wrong and that it can cause um, difficulty in your life is that you start, how how do I say this? You actually start rejecting people you might be compatible with because of little flaws, little mistakes. Turns out we all have those because we're human. And so you actually might end up passing on a great relationship because you have this idea of a soulmate. Well, they weren't, you know, they didn't like this movie and a soulmate would have liked this movie with me. And it's like, yeah, but there were a lot of really compatible things there. Um, or, you know, he, he wasn't this height or, or she didn't have this color of hair. And right. it's like, uh, and it's, and it's funny how when we talk about soulmates, very often we create the image of what that soulmate ought, yes. ought to look like. And I see that very often people believe it in soulmates actually keeps them out of good relationships because they find all the ways that, uh, we don't align in this particular thing, or, you know, this thing bothers me. So there's no way we can be soulmates. And so they actually lose out on great relationships, potential yeah. marriage partners, because they are waiting for this quote unquote soulmate to be perfect. And so we set up this fantasical image of what a soulmate ought to look like, ought to be perfectly matched to us. And it just won't happen. I hate to tell you, that's not gonna happen. You might find a lot of great things in common, but people are people and we're human and we have mistakes and things that are driving crazy. Truthfully, Robin's, Robin's better than the girl of my dreams. She's real. And so that's, that's one way I see uh, the first way I see it going wrong. Uh, Joseph, do you have, what's another way? <laughs> well, so yeah, I, I think that they, one, uh, the other thing is the marriages, if they, or the relationships they do happen, tend not to last. And this is actually something- Really? Well, well, not, well I shouldn't say that, are less likely to last. Okay, okay. I should, I should, I, I, may, I should clarify that. And I was saying that the same Monmouth study uh, and um, talked about that the people who believe in soulmates are less likely, the relationships are less likely to work out. Mm. And I think what this speaks to is the fact that whether or not you're talking about a, a hard or a soft soulmate, the emphasis on this person is particularly matched to me oh. means that you see mismatches 
in your relationship as evidence that they're not your soulmate. Oh. I don't think you have to see it that way, but I think people who believe in soulmates tend to see us not matching perfectly as evidence of not being soulmates rather than evidence of we're just two different people who need to work out our problems. So someone will get married, and especially in the honeymoon phase when yes. they have no faults in your eyes. Yes, exactly. All of a sudden they leave their socks on the ground. They right. say something you don't like. They have an opinion or what, whatever it is. And then you start going, oh, maybe they're not my soulmate. My soulmate's still out there somewhere. Right. And so it, it leaves this level of discontent in you. Right, exactly. Interesting. And it's a way of, and that belief justifies that discontent ah. and does, says it's not something that needs to be worked through. It's something that needs to, that, that's all the problem is I have found my soulmate. Oh, so you see this a lot in movies and TV now is we're just not meant, it wasn't meant, meant to be. To be. And yes. by the way, this is said by secular people. I don't understand what do you mean meant to be. Yes, exactly. Um, but we weren't meant to be. Just, didn't, yeah. it, you know, that that's really interesting. So that's, uh, even if people who believe in soulmates do get married, they're going to end up often. Less, they're, they're, they're more likely to be divorced. Because they see that as a reason to get divorced exactly. because someone's still out there that is right. meant to. And, and that's a modern thing, right? Is it's easy to give up on relationships because it doesn't serve us. Right. And the idea of soulmate is very, I hate to say this, self-centered. Sure. It's looking for someone to fit to you rather than, I, I can tell you, I am married. When you enter a marriage, you conform to each other. Yeah. You learn to shave down the rough edges of your personality, to, to stretch, to bend, as this other person is doing that for you. So it's this mutual creation of something rather than expecting someone to fit perfectly into your world. Right. So what, one of the things I will say is just as a practical matter, like for me, what I've found is that for me, I have found, again, places in my life where it seems like God, I believe in God, I'm a Christian, that God's providence has worked, but I... And I know this is not everybody's experience. A lot of people with God, but I found that I only see it working backwards. Mm. I can only say, wow, this is the way God was working to orchestrate good things in my life, working backwards. Working forwards, I almost always make my best decisions, not by saying, what is it that God is leading to be to destined me to happen? Mm. I always make good decisions by consulting you know, what is God's universal will for mankind? You know, what's he written in the Bible? Yeah. And what is it that I want? What is it my desire? So it's using practical, practical wisdom. Yes. And, and what's choices. the most practical way to get at that? You yeah. know, my best success in relationships has been, you know, what are ways I can work on myself to be more attractive to the opposite sex or to, you know, you know, actually put the work in to make the relationship work. And so better I, yourself deeply. Yeah. So I'm not sure that believing in it. So many times what people do to believe in a soulmate is they use it as a, when they are single, as a way of security of not having mm. the anxiety that uh, comes in with, um, you know, maybe there's, I'm never going to find someone, you know, it's like, no, this is fine. I have a soulmate. Eventually this will happen. And if that, you know, create, it takes the edge off your insecurity, maybe sure. it's not so bad, but what people then end up doing, as you say, is, as you said, oftentimes, far more often is they don't say, what as often, what practical things can I do to make it more likely that I will find someone? Because imagine if we did this in any other thing aside from romance, like, sure. am I meant to be um, a successful entrepreneur? Well, you're as meant to be a successful entrepreneur as you are, um, it, it directly correlates with how hard you work and how sure, yeah. smart you are and the decisions you and make. And sometimes getting lucky. Yes, and sometimes getting, exactly, and sometimes getting lucky. But I, I do, I could see a way where believing in soulmates would actually deter you 
from, or not deter, but it wouldn't inspire you to actually change better, right. grow yourself so you can be more attractive, so you can, so you can be a better person who will attract a good person, right. as opposed to just kind of sitting back, well, there's someone meant for me, so I don't really have to do anything to myself or better myself. There, I just, there's already someone waiting out there right. for me, as opposed to, this is, I hate to say the game, but this is a, there's a lot of people out there, and if I want to attract the very best one, I'm going to have to be my very best self. I want to be the very best. Right, which is a harder thing to believe. It's not fun, but it's also a more practical thing will probably help you more practically end up with a good mate. Right. Now, I think that what's, what is important is the fact that, you know, I think that it is important if you do, like, are a religious person as we are. Um, I think it is important because this is a, a difficult thing. The anxiety of not feeling complete, not mm. feeling satisfied. Yes. And at, that that you you might not ever feel satisfied in your life and you might not ever have the thing that completes you is a real thing. And if you actually believe that there is a good chance you will never find that, that can really be uh, increase your anxiety and your depression yes. and your demoralization. And so I think that what you do need, I think uh, to, to have a healthy psychology, you do need to believe that you will be able to be completed. Mm. I think that what as Christians, what we say is that God causes all things to work together for our good. If we are if love we are, and serve him, love and serve him. It doesn't say what that's going to look like. And so what yeah. you do need to say is that I want somebody. And so I'm going to make, put the work in to have somebody and maybe God in his providence is trying to, is working toward that. And I'm also well. not just going to wait for my soulmate to walk on, but I'm going to proactively like just like you do when I'm buying an apartment, right. look for people who are I'm compatible with and right. spaces where I will be most likely to find someone who I'm compatible exactly. with. But also to say that even if it doesn't work out, look, I'm single. Like I, this is something I definitely, is very real to me. If I never find someone like that, I am still going to be okay. Yes. It's like, I am still completed because I'm completed by God. I'm not that, completed that's by nice. other, other things, other people. I can say that's a real detrimental thing, I think, to believe in soulmates is, when you believe in soulmates, you do believe in the quote unquote better half out there, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, there are you complete me. Um, as people, as theists who believe that God intentionally created us, um, how do I say this? I, I think the danger comes in believing that you'll never be complete or happy unless yes. you find someone. And it's also the danger is let's say you do find that that somebody that that you're compatible yes. with that if you find them and get them, that then you will be complete and happy. Yes. <laughs> and let me tell you, as someone who is married, I love my wife, I love being married, I right. love having a partner, all that. But those insecurities, those fears, those doubts, that feeling of um, emptiness and longing for something more doesn't go away yeah. now that I said, I do. Uh, in fact, all I tell my friend, my single friends this, it doesn't go away, you just have someone to um, share that with yeah. that sense of existential dread and doubt and, and hope and longing and incompleteness and, and, you know, depression, whatever it might be, that doesn't go away when you say I do, you just are now sharing that with somebody. But we believe that God did create us that, that we can be whole, not because of another person, not because of a job, not because of a, a, a romantic relationship that we're whole, um, only through the relationship with God that we have. And so a danger would be is believing that you'll never be whole until you find Right. A romantic relationship. I'm here to tell you, you won't be whole even if you do find the romantic right. relationship. Right, exactly. Your quote-unquote soulmate. Right. No, exactly. So, like, you know, if you, look, if you are looking at soulmates as an extension of God's providence that you believe in because yes. your religious beliefs. And your identity and your, fulfilling. And, and, exactly. Is, is uh, uh, if you're believing in that soulmates as simply an extension of 
God's providence in general and your identity is in God, um, that's fine. And, but I think that that's, you know, again, because I don't want to add this to a bless because I've done it all already, I'm just going to throw it into the, nice. the, the okay. thing is that one of the things I think is great about the, you know, movie 500 Days of Summer is what they do is they do show the romance can come, but it's mm. only healthy when you're actually being subordinated to a mission. That's mm. your, your life's mission is not finding the other person. For Christians, I would say your life mission has to be God and building his kingdom. And that's sort of your... In, in, in your mission and if you have a partner along the way that is the in many cases the way it's supposed to be but and, but if you're like paul or even jesus it doesn't have to be yes, yes. you can still be complete and have a mission without that it, yes. it's just uh, so i real quick before we get into blessing curses i do want to go over so we kind of said all right the the hard understanding of soulmates is it's not real i'm very yes. sorry to tell you but i would like to go over maybe a few ways that can um that you might better your chances of not necessarily finding that quote soulmate, but finding a partner in life. Okay. So let's explore just real quick, a few ways. Um, and, and I can speak as someone who has found someone that I found. Yes, and Joseph, you can give, uh, <laughs> you can give the, this does work. This doesn't, this doesn't work. work. Don't try this. Yes, <laughs> you yeah. give the doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. But I, I do want to encourage any of our single listeners. Hey, there is um, ways. Yes. Even if there's not a soulmate waiting for you out there, there are ways to increase your chances of finding a partner you can do life yeah. with. Um, so one I'll start off with is, um, better yourself first, yeah. before you even think about what do I want, how tall should they be, what color of hair, what kind of job, how much money, yeah. stop thinking like that. Go read Marcus Aurelius. Um, <laughs> but, but it starts with bettering yourself. What, what kind of person am I? Am I ready yes. for a relationship? What are ways I can grow? Can I be reading more? Can I be uh, more physically happy? Can I be more emotionally, mentally happy? Yeah. Can I engage with my relationship with God more? Um, are there things that I can be doing to better myself rather than just waiting around for someone to complete me? Can I, are there ways that I can start uh, being more of a whole complete person and bettering myself so that when slash if I find that person, I will be a more healthy person to be in a relationship with. Um, and I, th there's also a side product, which is really the main product of this, which is the more work you do in yourself, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, careerly, um, the more, I hate to say it, it sounds so shallow, but the more attractive you're going to be to yeah. someone else. When people see, and you have, I'm sure, all sorts of stats, when people see that you are a mature person, a well-read person, uh, an intelligent, a successful person, uh, people are going to be more likely to want to be a part of what you're doing and to want to yeah. partner with you. So the first step I would say is start working on yourself. Take your vision off of everything else and the dating apps and the, and the bars yeah. or the church or what, whatever it is and start, look, how can I better myself? That would be my first one. Joseph? Yes, no, yeah, definitely. Better yourself. I also say, you know, part of being bettering yourself is, you know, have an actual community and friend group and uh, community of people. Ah. Because the thing is, most of the studies show- Without ulterior motives. Without ulterior motives. Yeah, you know, you're, you're having a friend group and a social life for that, not to get somebody else, get, get, a, get a girl or get a guy. Because people, the studies show that people find the, are best find the most long lasting relationships, typically through friend groups or through church. Mm. And so, because that means, again, it means that people can get to know you and find out what you're actually like and your attractive qualities over a long term and that so you're, you're in it within, like, as long as you have, it's not like the immediate circle and people are afraid to break up a friend group, as long as there's a little bit of, and then those people can, you know, usually it's friends of friends yes. or people in a church that you say that people end up together with and well, end up last. And I also thought it was kind of weird, you know, I'm, this can happen. People can meet online. I know it happens all the time. I'm not, 
I'm not uh, saying it's wrong, but I do find that it's probably, it's not maybe the most effective way to find a long-term breakup risk. Yes, because there's so much pressure on that first day. We both know we like each other. Are we compatible? Rather than, like you said, watching someone over a long period of time and being watched over a long period of time and do it with an accountability and community, I think is such a healthier way. Exactly. The lowest breakup rates have like friend groups, friends of friend groups and church. Okay. And so it's like, if you want that, that, you know, it's like, then, okay, work on yourself so you are an attractive person and then get into like have friend groups and, and then just have a social life. Those are two things. I was, well, I'm going to add real quick just to what you said. Um, see if you can find a friend group that's oriented around similar interests yes. and passions. I'm just going to just um, fine tune a little bit what you said. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I met my wife in an acting class. Yeah. We love the same things. We have the same passions and our lives were going the same direction. So do find a friend group. Um, but if you can, even more specifically, find one that is centered and circled um, around things you love, Shared directions your life. Yes, yes, exactly. Are you? I'll say. I'll say. I'll actually even add on to that. Have people in your life who will tell you hard truths about mm. yourself. Not like being jerks, but like you know, you have things, positive qualities, and you have negative qualities. Yeah. And your negative qualities that you don't know about yourself will hold you back and might be keeping you from might, getting a date. Yeah. Exactly. And in, in all aspects of life, including this one. So I would say that you know, you find people who can say to you look, this is a great thing about you. Lean into mm. this. This is something to work on. Yes. Like, then that will, you know, and, and a lot of people have trouble. I think especially women have trouble finding people who will, uh, friends who will actually speak honestly about what they need to fix about themselves. Inter- yeah. Men, sometimes men are more likely to be like, dude, you look stupid. Or, dude, exactly. You, need, yes. you, you sounded dumb tonight or whatever. Right. So, and so I think that if you can find people who will, and, and particularly multiple Be people. Be lovingly honest. On it, lovingly honest. So you can get different feedback from different people. It's not just one person who does this. So yeah. Getting, it's like, okay, if five people are telling you this about myself, maybe I should yeah. change it. It's yeah. a good chance that, yeah, that, that's really good. And so I think, and the thing is, what's funny is like, this is all stuff that we are called by, you know, if you're, if that everyone knows is healthy for you regardless. Mm. And we're called by God specifically to do. We're yes. called to lean into community. We're called to have a mission and interests and values and ways to pursue God and build his kingdom in the world. And so yes. it, by obeying God's plan for the life of every human being, you make it more likely that you will find, and we're all supposed to better ourselves. Yes. And so by following the call of God for every human being and by following what just psychology and you know social science tells us is makes us healthy, you make it more likely you will be able to find the person you're looking for. And, I'll, and I'm going to add a last one, unless you have another Please, last no. one to add. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I think it's better yourself. And find yourself want, in a find community. ways to better yourself. We do have the What Women What episode. For yes, exactly. That's true. For guys, you should listen to that. Yes. Better yourself. Find yourself a community. And this kind of goes with both of those. Um, have a direction of your life and yes. a passion that you're moving towards, whether in community or individually. Um, and you'll be more likely to meet someone who's on that same direction. Yes. The, the last one I would say is, go out and uh, ask the girl out or yes. ask the guy out. Yes. Go out and do it. Be brave would be my last one is you are going to face rejection. You are going to have some embarrassing moments, yep. but the only way that you'll end up actually finding someone is being brave enough to test the waters. It's going to be cold and you're going to jump in, yep. but go out there and it is going to be cold. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> Very and, cold. But, but look, and you know, it's like yeah. the, um, when you aren't looking, I, I noticed a while ago, because I was like, oh, I want to get a car one day. What kind of cars do I like? And so I was like, I like minis. And I was talking about this with a friend. All of a sudden that week, I saw minis everywhere. Yeah. And so when you're looking, you're going to be more likely to find and see someone who fits your um, uh, compatibility right. uh, list. And so, and you know, vice versa. 
but be brave. Go out there and look. Yeah. Once you've worked on yourself, once you're in a community, don't just sit back and wait for the world to happen to you. Go out there and say, hey, I want to take get to coffee. And by the way, I have a new book coming out um, in April, I think. I should know this. It's in April <laughs> called The Way of Kings. And it's just you know, a lot of practical things um, that guys can learn. All, uh, and there's actually literally a chapter in there that tells you how to ask a girl out. And so pick up a copy um, at some point in the next couple months because there's a good breakdown that I learned through much trial and error <laughs> that actually gives you a little insight into this is a healthy and good way to go and find um, a potential mate. Yeah. I will say this, that to go out and bravely face rejection is a heroic thing oh, that you can yeah. be proud of. Yes. You can be proud of that, that that's something that even face rejection, knowing you're face rejection, and knowing that listening, knowing that even if there isn't someone out there specifically planned for you in the hard soulmate sense, um, that you tried and they give it a try anyway, is something you can be proud of. And so yeah, and with these tips, you'll be more likely to find someone that whether or not they're quote unquote soulmates, they can become your soulmate. Right, exactly. So anyway, that sounds like a good place to wrap up. Yeah, I, actually that just, I should have said that earlier. Uh, soulmates are made. <laughs> yes, wait, wait, soulmates I, what are, is it? Yeah. Is soulmates are made not, made, not born. Yes, that, so that, that's a good one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, um, great, very cool, cool. Well, anyway, thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you guys have any disagreements on our idea of soulmates, please, we would love to uh, get your feedback on that. Come at me, bro. But now we go to our segment of blesses and curses. Mm. So, Nathan, do you have a blesses and curses on the idea of soulmates? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, have, I have a book, I'm going to say. It's just an interesting fiction book, and it, it dives into all these um, relational issues about a person loving each other and the, mm -hmm. and the identity that we give, all this kind of stuff. I'm not yeah. going to give too much away because it's kind of an interesting, it's not, it's not a romance book, by the way. Um, it is a relationship, but it's, it is a, I can't explain anything or else I'm going to give it away. So <laughs> it's a really interesting book. But Just I, trust him. If yes. he's built any credibility over this time, he's my yeah. <laughs> or I've lost him. it all. Yeah, or you lost trust. it all. Yeah. But it's by the guy who wrote, um, I'm thinking of ending things, um, but it's, it's oh, about okay. a married couple living together and some a strange instance that happens and you live in both of their heads and kind of how they think and how it differs from how they act and all that. So it's called Faux. It's a very interesting, what I call philosophy fiction book. Mm. Um, it's really- Patent yeah. pending. Yes, exactly, <laughs> philosophy fiction. So check it out. It's really interesting and gives you kind of insights into the mind of people who live in relationships and how quote unquote compatible and soulmate they act. And we all actually are. Um, another, uh, I'm going to bless a movie now. It's a classic. I know I'm not very original here. I'm going to bless the original, not the live action, Beauty and the Beast. Mm, because I think this is a good picture of soulmates, quote unquote, don't look like you think they're going to look. And it breaks the idea that there's this mold that you have to be searching out there for and that someone will fit this mold um, and will look exactly like what you meant. You know, she meets this guy. I, listen, I know there's a lot of problematic she, things she, that people have complaints about, uh, I get that he's kind of abusive. Um, but again, you see people moving towards health together and you see that uh, people not immediately um, perfect for each other. They, yeah. they don't, they're not apparent soulmates. He gets angry and he's, you know, um, quote, he looks like a beast and he doesn't know how to be loving and, you know, all these things. He's and not fitting what would have been her ideal soulmate picture yes. prior. Yes. But through the, through the evolution of relationship, 
they actually, like I said, become soulmates because they were in relationship. Yeah. They weren't soulmates, um, you know, uh, beforehand. If, if that makes sense. I'm not explaining this well, but I think it's a great picture of just dispelling the fantasy of that. Someone will just fit, you know, he'll be this tall and have this many, yeah. uh, this kind of hair and this kind of, that doesn't work. Look for someone with whom you can grow. Uh, so I know there's probably better examples in the Beauty and the Beast and um, the little Stockholm you, syndrome. Let, but let, let us know what yours would be. Yes, but I, <laughs> I also the music is so good. It is such a good movie. It is. It won the the Oscar, right? It it was the one of the only animated films to be nominated for Best Picture. Okay, it is so. I think it won Best Song, something like that. So it's it's a classic for a reason. I'm sure there's problematic things. I know. I get it. You're right, but I still like it's great music. It's great movie. It is. It is. It is. It is one of the best Disney films ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to curse a movie. The thing is, I actually enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the (laughs) actors. I enjoyed the ride but it's also super wrong. Um, It's called Serendipity. And basically the movie starts out with um, two people who are in relationships and I think they're both getting married and they meet one night and it's all about how this woman, Kate Beckinsale, believes in serendipity, that there's fate behind the universe. And so, you know, uh, John Cusack doesn't believe in that. And so begins the story of they were meant to be together and it's not based on any logistic things, uh, you you know, like um, practical things like, uh, you know, oh, we have this in common or or we read the same kind of books or or whatever. It's all based on just chance. Like the world just, you know, brought us together randomly. And, you know, if we're meant to be, we're going to be. And so she leaves her number in a book and says, if this book ever comes back to you, then you will know we're meant to be. And so basically, I know that we all know that's not true and that's not how it works in the world, but I do think it adds to this underlying psychological thing we find in society, which says there is a person out there that's perfect for you. And you see their mates, both of these people, and they're perfectly good people and yeah. they actually are logistically compatible. Yeah. Um, and so that makes me frustrated that that both people are looking to give up their relationship. Although also they don't tell their mates about this date <laughs> that they had, which is that that's again justifying yes. well this could be my soulmate so i should i shouldn't you know i can yeah. do these kind of should lie and go behind the back yes exactly so yes. because it's romantic yeah and so i i think it's a it, i get that no one really thinks maybe some people do that but i think it does kind of add to yeah but there is someone out there who i'll you know rent faces how bring me look. to yes. yes yeah and so i think it does add to an unhealthy psychological um framework of how we view romance and love and so i'm going to curse serendipity but you should watch it because it is really fun cool yeah <laughs> so i am going to i'm going to i've been blessing and cursing way too many things mine before so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it down to, well i'm blessed too i'm first of all no i'm just gonna bless one uh, <laughs> so much back and forth here. no it's just a lot of i'm a complicated romance yes <laughs> i said that at the beginning i am going to bless first um uh when harry met sally mm. nor efren film uh, and I think it does a great job of showing what um, healthy relationships between people who end up together typically look like. Okay. It's it's a very unromantic romantic comedy. Oh and, yeah. And I think that it's um, it, unromantic in the sense it doesn't try, it, it strips it down to just the bare minimum of mm. what is it that actually makes relationships work. Um, and it have, they have a discussion of, about these different ideas about soulmates and about compatibility and all these okay. things and people who really are compatible with each other finding each other and actually taking a plunge to actually be together. So I think it's a very realistic, but also very beautiful picture of um, romantic love. Uh, I'm, on the other hand, going to curse uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. And so this is a movie that- I'm I don't gonna, even really remember it. 
Yeah, I know it's a classic. Here's and the you're thing: gonna make a lot of the two angry. people, the two leads, never talk to each other <laughs> during the course of the movie. So it's you know, like Meg Ryan and Tom oh. Hanks never talk to each other. She hears them on the radio one time. Wow. Okay. And then you know they 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 break off the relationships with you know other people in order to meet each other uh, at the Empire State Building at the end. And I, it, there's a lot of reasons I don't like this movie. Okay. A, a lot of them being they spend way too much time on the character's annoying, like his, like his annoying kids, like, and a lot of okay. annoying relationships that aren't the relationship we actually care about, which is the two of them. Okay. But the reason it's fitting here for me is that they really do actually make it as defense of the idea that, you know, people are fated to be together mm. and that you're fated to be with somebody. And if you're unhappy in this relationship with these normal people, it's not because people are, you know, this is the way people are. It's because you're supposed to be with somebody else that okay. you find, like, you know, that you randomly find, hear about on a, um, uh, you know, on a radio okay. at a certain point. And it's, and, and they defend that as that, that people who don't believe in that are just cynics. And people who are the true, the true romantics and the true people are the people who go and chase after that thing. Okay. And I think that that's, that's very, just a very harmful way to look at things. Even okay. if you believe in, you know, soft soulmates idea, which I, I could say I do. Decision-making should not be based on that. Okay. It, it should be based on if you actually think you could have a happy life together. Compatibility. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, of dream, and dream, personality, yes. and lifestyle. So, and so, and it's really even the fact that they disparage people who don't, who think that way, that practical way, okay. is yeah. the biggest problem with it. Yeah, that, that happens in a lot of, especially those old like 90s and early 2000s. It's, uh, now we're all deconstructionists, but in those, it was like the partners they end up leaving they actually had a lot in common with yes. and their lives were good. And I was at those interesting. It used to be that if you're going to leave someone, you have to make them a villain somehow. You know, yes. he's, he's killing cats and, you know, right. children. Well, yeah, a fair to remember is like, oh, this guy is like a really horrible person. Which gives you so much more impetus and you understand. But now, it, or, or, but, you know, for a while, I guess maybe still now. Yeah. It's like their, their biggest sin is. Yeah, they. You know, it'll be like um, he wanted to watch the wrong movie yes, or like exactly. he wanted to stay in tonight instead of, you know, yeah. go to Vegas at 3 a.m. And it's like, th that's the biggest sin. Yeah. And again, what I liked about 500 Days of Summer, not my blessed because I've blessed this way too often this mm -hmm. time, but is that they do leave room for that, you know, that there's providential orchestration of things. They leave room for that could exist in the universe, but the only way you get there is actually by acting you know, practically in the world. Yes, and bettering yourself. Yes. And yeah, yeah. All the things uh, we, the other thinkers, said. <laughs> yes, exactly. So anyway, but uh, yeah, no. So those are our blessings and curses. Nice. So anyway, we would know that this is, again, here's two guys who are demographically much more likely to not believe in soulmates. <laughs> telling people we don't think that soulmates exist. So please, if you have other ideas, ways that you think arguments against what we have, please tell us. We would love to hear from you or we'd love to hear, again, if this meant a lot to you, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. We, we absolutely love getting feedback from our listeners. And sometimes we've gotten scathed and you guys were so wrong. And sometimes we get it, you guys got it so right. We love both because we want to grow. We want yes. you to enter in this conversation with us. And what you say affects us. And yeah. it actually, it challenges us to think in new ways. And so we really love hearing back from it you. It has affected the episodes we've done going forward. Absolutely. So and yeah, if you have an idea for an episode, please let us know a question that you want us yes. to cover. Um, please let us know. Go to the Overthinker journal.com or go to our Facebook group at the overthinkers and connect with us up there. We love connecting with you guys and girls and everyone. So please just, uh, uh yeah, please, uh, overthinkersjournal.com or the overthinkers Facebook group. 
Sure. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on the socials. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search my name. Uh, and uh, also the, the josephholmesstudios.com, my website. And uh, you can get in touch with me at nathanclarkson.me or just search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Thank you.